This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Kirkston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman in studio. We'll have an update from Randy Coonan in Denver at the Potato Expo, and we'll hear from Sierra Doctor in Devil's Lake with the Lake Region Extension Roundup. Minneapolis Federal Reserve President Neil Kashkari is expecting the central bank to raise interest rates to 5.4% within the next few months. In an essay published online, Kashkari said it is appropriate to continue increasing interest rates to be confident that inflation has peaked. The minutes from the Federal Reserve December meeting will be released early this afternoon. Lakefront Futures Darren Fessler says the grain trade will be monitoring this data very closely. If this inflationary uh, you know, data or their, the Fed speak continues to say, hey, we're going to continue to raise rates and push forward, regardless of what happens to the stock market, I think that could be uh, bad news, I think, for the overall commodity complex. Um, as we start to, you know, really think about how high can the rates go here. And I don't think that a, a 10% correction in the equity market is really going to slow the Fed down at this point. I think they're grabbing, grabbing the bear by the, by the, the coattails, and, and they're just going to keep raising rates here. As mentioned, Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor is in Devil's Lake today, reporting from the Lake Region Extension Roundup. I'm here with Scott Steffes, president of the Steffes Group. So, Scott, right away, let's just talk about the machinery market. Do you have a little bit of an outlook for used machinery? Yeah, it's you know it's good to be a seller in today's machinery market, and of course, uh, farmers, everyone needs machinery to farm. And supply demand dictates that uh, if you can't find it on a dealer lot, you got to go to auction sales. And there's been uh, quite a quite a what would we say quite a few machinery sales that have kind of uh, opened some people's eyes. But hey, it's the market. As far as prices going, I mean, long-term, what are you expecting to see? Not a lot of change, just simply because the availability is so narrow right now. And so if you find machinery that uh, works in your operation and you can afford it, you, you pretty much got to buy it when it sits there um, because the wait times and all the other issues that we're seeing in agriculture are so long. And that doesn't seem like, you know, we expected it to change, but it still hasn't. So I think we're in for another season of it. Yeah. As far as inventory, I mean, um, when can we expect to see lots start to fill up with equipment that farmers need? Good question. I would tell you that uh, it's going to be a while yet, folks, just simply because the demand and the, and the pipeline is still so clogged up. So once that gets uh, finished out and, you know, machinery starts turning back into the dealer lots on a used basis, then, then we'll see some changes. But for right now, it's, it's pretty thin. So I'm curious, is there any particular models or, or types of machinery that you're seeing a, a bigger shortage on? You know, technology leads everything in today's world. The latest and the greatest is always the shortest, and of course, it's what everybody wants. But other than that, I would also tell you that you know, there's nothing wrong with an old tractor with a diesel motor, and it doesn't use DEF, and it doesn't have a computer. So look for those as well. And boy, we've seen a lot of those type of uh, uh, pieces of machinery really, really increase in value. And you talk pretty extensively, too, about land prices and, and land values. So as far as an outlook for that, I mean, what are you expecting for, for land prices? I'm always bullish on land, folks, and, of course, that's never going to change. You know, we're at some pretty good highs right now, but, hey, if you can figure out a way to pay for land and it comes for sale across the road from you, boy, the best advice I can give you is figure out a way to buy it. How is recent highs in, say, the interest rate world, I mean, how does that factor into the purchase and buying land and prices? I would tell you that, you know, interest rate is simply math, and math doesn't lie, so we continue to 
to see the rising in the interest rates. So, you know, we've got to make that up with increased uh, crop production and increased commodity prices. If that doesn't occur, well, then guess what? I think the landmark is going to change. Certainly. Thanks, Scott. That was Scott Steffes, president of the Steffes Group, reporting agriculture's business. This is Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. 2022 was a good year for farm commodity prices. In the monthly bullpen report, Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi said that helped land prices rise. In, in North Dakota, Minnesota, you'd seen some land prices double. In the stock market, you'd seen a 20% loss in the Dow Jones and S&P and up to a 35% loss in the NASDAQ. So when you look at stocks versus bonds, bond interest rates exploded. And then you look at the land prices. The big winner for 2022 was the land owner. With high input costs, margins have tightened. Grisafi also expects the market dynamics to change in the year ahead. The markets and the United States government have recently given you a lot of money. It's now the market's job to start taking that money out of your pocket. And you're going to have to be a fighter to stop the market from doing it. If you don't believe me, go back and study history. Everyone knows agriculture has ebbs and flows. We've just come through a wonderful time, but I do have a feeling it's ending. The full interview can be found on the Red River Farm Network YouTube channel and other social media outlets. The snow continues to linger in portions of eastern South Dakota, Minnesota, and into Iowa. Snowfall totals include 23 inches at Mitchell, South Dakota. Sioux Falls over 13 inches. Bloomington, Minnesota at the Twin Cities just over 13 inches. Glenwood, Minnesota has about three inches of new snow and Elbow Lake two inches. Most of the region should see quiet weather conditions as we head towards the weekend. Farmer selling increased with the turn of the calendar and ha that has resulted in a pullback in the corn and wheat markets. Total Farm Marketing Market Analyst Naomi Bloom says the next big market feature will be next week's USDA report. And that's the big one. That's the, um, you know, year-end um, talking about final production numbers, demand numbers, also looking at quarterly stocks, looking at wheat information. So it's definitely a market mover. Um, but seasonally, corn, beans, and wheat usually will have one more hurrah into February. So we'll want to be able to use that again as making more cash sales for that moment. And keeping an eye on South American weather is important as well. The USDA report will be released on January 12th. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture has money available to help farmers purchase farmland. The Rural Finance Authority is offering up to $15,000 in this dollar-for-dollar -dollar matching grant. There's a half million dollars available in this first round of funding. That funding will be awarded on a first-come, first-serve basis. Again, a reminder, the Potato Expo, the National Potato Expo, is underway in Denver and Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Randy Coonan is there. We'll have reports throughout the balance of this week. This is the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Ag News on the Red River Farm Network. Potato Expo is underway in Aurora, Colorado. Red River Farm Network's Randy Conan catches up with National Potato Council CEO Cam Quarles. Cam, let's visit uh, here at uh, Potato Expo. Uh, one of your talking points this year, this this week, is going to be uh, uh, incoming uh, legislature farm bill is going to be the hot topic. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be 
to be back. We're kicking off the new year with Potato Expo. We've got huge, huge amount of attendance here. We're really thrilled at all the sponsors, attendees, exhibitors. Uh, and as you said, we're starting a brand new Congress. 118th Congress started uh, just yesterday. And uh, this is a farm bill year. So we in the potato industry, we're part of the larger specialty crop community. We've been working for well over a year to deliver our priorities to Congress. And then we're going to be working with them over the next uh, hopefully a year. Um, it's anybody's guess as to whether or not they're able to get the farm bill done on time, but we want to make sure we're prepared, give the best advice we can to Congress, and get really good policies for the industry. A lot of new faces, but one thing about especially crops and potatoes in particular is everybody eats. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, the, we, we feel that we're a, a, a real net positive for the specialty crop industry. We're the most widely produced vegetable in the United States. We've got commercial production in over 30 states. You really see that reflected on the show floor here at Potato Expo. Uh, that, the, the, obviously, with production all over the country, it provides a number of challenges, but it also provides a lot of opportunity. We have a number of different congressmen, senators, and, of course, officials at USDA who really care about getting policies right for the potato industry. It has a massive impact across the country. Sure. Um, EPA regs are going to be an issue? EPA regs will certainly be an issue. You know, we're over the past year or so, we've been dealing with this SEC climate rule. Now we've just had this rollout of uh, WOTUS again. Uh, you know, I think governmental overreach. Uh, if you talk to any farmers across the country, I don't think a single one is going to say that they're under-regulated. Uh, they really don't need the government uh, getting into their family farms. The competition is only growing more intense around the world, and having the government uh, holding you back is a real challenge in terms of meeting that competition in the global marketplace. Cam Coral, CEO of National Potato Council. Our reports from Potato Expo brought to you by the National Potato Council, Bayer Crop Science, Gowan USA, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, AMVAC, and Syngenta. From Potato Expo in Denver, Colorado, I'm Randy Conan. With a very positive farmer sentiment to close out 2022, Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. Jim Mintert says the outlook for 2023 is a little different. So people are expecting a weaker performance financially in 23 versus 22, but keep in mind you're comparing it to one of the best years on record. So at first glance, that looks kind of negative, but the reality is when you're making a comparison to one of the best income years ever, that doesn't mean 23 is going to be a bad year. It does mean, and I think this is quite realistic, it's going to be less positive than what we saw in 2022. Although Minter doesn't expect 2023 to be a bad year, he says there are a few reasons for a slightly less positive expectation. Input prices are going to remain pretty high. Our preliminary indications are that we're probably going to see uh, crop break-even levels increase between 5 and 10%. So that concern is, is out there. Um, the outlook for corn and soybeans is still pretty much up in the air with respect to what takes place not only with yields in the U.S., but also with respect to what takes place in South America. So a lot of issues there. And, of course, we're still got dealing with concerns coming out of the Black Sea region with the war in Ukraine. So a lot of uncertainty on the output side. People are kind of scaling back their expectations for 23, but I don't think it indicates that people are expecting a bad year in 
Feed prices have increased drastically over the last several years for livestock. NDSU Extension Livestock Specialist Carl Hoppe explains. We used to figure a dollar a day was what it cost to feed a cow, and you got to be cheaper than that. Now it's two dollars, could be even three dollars a day, depending upon what your feed costs are. If you're having to go, if you're in a drought area where there's no hay and not much feed, and you got to start trucking feed in, the feed might be reasonably priced someplace, but your trucking might double the feed cost. So. Again, everybody's unique and different in what their costs are going to be. Try to improve the efficiency out of the feed that you buy, uh, and uh, hopefully that will go a long way. Hoppy is speaking at the Lake Region Extension Roundup in Devil's Lake. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Red River Farm Network's counting down the top stories of 2022 this week. Ad hoc disaster assistance was delivered to farmers and ranchers this past year. That was ranked as the number six story of the year. The emergency relief program delivered $6.4 billion for unexpected crop and livestock losses associated with natural disasters. Phase two was announced late in the year for farmers and ranchers who suffered eligible losses in 2020 and 2021, but did not receive assistance in phase one. There have been some hiccups, including payment limitations and the way IRS defined income. Farm agency administrator Zach Ducheneau said the agency made every effort to accommodate producers. The charge that the secretary has given us to keep filling those gaps, do all the work we can, don't dig your heels in if you get something not quite right. Be flexible and try to get those producers in the door. The Red River Farm Network will be continuing to count down the top 10 stories of the past year, special stories throughout this week. As we check markets, we are on the defensive to start uh, or to continue with the trade today. We're down 16 cents for March Minneapolis wheat at 903 and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March, 31 cents lower, 744 and a half. And the KC wheat, March down 30 and a half cents. For corn, March down 16 and a half, 654, new crop 12 down. Soybeans, March 9 and a quarter lower, 1483, July down 9 and a half. In canola futures, March delivery 870 Canadian, that's down 160. Live cattle futures, 55 higher for January, 185.17. The live cattle, February 157.40, 55 higher. Feeder cattle, January 185.10, that's up by $2.40. March feeder cattle 188.15, 337 higher. February hogs 84.27, down 80 cents. The uh, Dow right now is 149 higher. Crude oil at 73.74, that's down 319. As we check the farm calendar, as you've heard, Lake Region Extension Roundup, that's going on in Devil's Lake. That will continue tomorrow as well. And the Minnesota Organic Conference going on in St. Cloud. That will be tomorrow and on Friday. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.